right, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is another exciting episode of Mechachine, your bi-weekly podcast for all things gay and geeky from a queer Black perspective. I'm Nick. And I'm Victor. And today... (laughs) (laughs) Today is a very special, special episode. It is the 20th anniversary of X-Men, the movie that kind of started this whole um, comic book movie revolution. And we are joined by two exciting guests, and I'm glad to call them friends of the podcast. First, we have Sterling Watson. You know him as Endoob. You can find him all over the internet. Uh, we also have everybody's favorite timeline terrorist. You can find her writings on sci-fi, among other places, uh, causing mayhem and mischief and accosting us with her craziness on Twitter. Welcome to the show, Stephanie Williams. Good Lord. <laughs> I mean, there it were no lies. <laughs> all of that is true I mean it comes from a place of love it it's does all love. it does it's all love so guys thank you so much for joining us on this uh, very special edition of Megashine thanks for having us no thank you so much for having us and we're gonna like we said we're gonna talk about the X-Men movie that debuted oh god it was even before September 11th. It was 2000. It was in 2000. I think I can tell you the month right now because I remember this like it was yesterday. Uh, My dad took us to see it and I know part of that was just get us out the house. And also, (laughs) this is when um, matinee prices were actually matinee prices. Okay. It was only like two or three dollars a ticket or something like that. And also, (laughs) uh, colorism aside, my dad was there for Holly Berry. He didn't know nothing about Storm being dark skinned. He just knew that (laughs) Holly was in that film. (laughs) And that's what he wanted to see. So, um, yeah. Hey, Steph, that was my dad too. So, I, I. I get it. Yeah. yeah, and it was July fourteenth when it came out. So um, I'm seeing. I'm thinking we probably saw saw this movie a month later. Yeah, I think we. <laughs> I think we maybe went to opening night because you know I was a. I remember, I saw, um, you know, promos for X Men, and you know, I being growing up on the X Men animated series that was on Fox. I was like, oh, I gotta see this. Gotta see this. And I remember Fox had did a like a sort of behind the scenes of X-Men. And in conjunction with this, they started uh, re-airing episodes of the X-Men animated series on Fox. So I was like, oh, and I think I have that, that kind of behind the scenes on tape somewhere, still in my storage that I still haven't gone through. Um, but yeah, do you remember the first time, um, well, I won't say the first time. Since we rewatched it, has your opinion of it changed since since then? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and not to <laughs> and not to do a, a a shameless plug, but shameless plug. I wrote about those feelings for uh, fangirls, which you can find. Um, it's twenty years later. Um, X Men hits differently because it does, um, and just for personal reasons, but. 
I mean, I don't know how you could watch a movie and feel like and not feel differently about it. Uh, just either aesthetically, uh, talent-wise, uh, creator-wise, unfortunately, um, and just tonal-wise, just with the X-Men in general and what mutants are supposed to stand for, um, I just don't know how you could not feel a little... Maybe you were ahead of the curve and you felt the way that we all feel, like a lot of us probably feel now, but um, I just don't know how you could not feel differently. Right. I, you know... 20 years uh, ago, what was I, middle school? I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is the best movie ever. Now I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to watch this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, ugh. But yeah, um, I, let's get into like the, the actors that were cast as these mutants. I will have to hand it to Fox that the majority of the actors that they have portraying these mutants generally was good. Um, I can't see uh, Sir Ian McKelly or Patrick Stewart as not Magneto or Professor X. I thought those were stellar casting. I thought even James Marston as Cyclops was good, even though he didn't have shit to do throughout this whole uh, trilogy of mm-hmm. X-Men. Uh, Logan, um, Hugh Jackman, I know people were saying, oh, he's too tall. And I'm like, okay, so if that's the only criticism, then I think it's a good job. What are your thoughts about the the casting? And, you know, Victor, I'll start with you. Um, You know, I was fine with, I was fine with Hugh Jackman because I was, you know, of course I was the purist at the time where I was like, he needs to be 5'3". But he fit that look. He had that look at the time. And so it, it, it worked. Um, Famke, Famke grew on me because I wasn't really feeling her at first. And uh, some of y'all may remember, um, I think we used to have the magazine Wizard. Wizard actually did a casting of who would have played everybody. Uh, I can't remember. Oh, I do know they had Michael Bing from um, Terminator who played Reese to be Cyclops. And I, I kind of had that oh. for many years. Um, I can't remember who they had. Oh, they had some woman. I think she was in Superboy series, but they had her as Jean Grey. Um, I, Famke, I think she was a little bit different of what I expected, um, especially when they made her a Dr. Jean Grey. And I was like, hmm, that's, that's an interesting take. Um, so I was somewhat fine with that. Hallie... At the, at the time, we were going because we wanted to root for Howie. But at the same time, it was hard for us who grew up with the comic and we saw Dark Skin Storm and then we have this storm and then we had that wig. And it was just a little bit hard for a lot of us who have always loved Storm because of the hair and everything. And we see this wig, this, I don't know what you want to call it. I, don't, I, I was trying to give it a name, but I can't even think of a good name for that wig. But it's that wig that you would see only during Halloween. And I was just Party like, City wig. Yeah, a Party City wig. And I was like, what is this? But everybody else I felt fine with. Except, oh, I take the lie back. I went back and forth with Rogue. Oh. I did go back and forth with Anna Paquin. She's a great actress. I just, she didn't give me Rogue. She didn't give me Rogue. I agree. I think that's fair. 
that wig, uh, oh, Storm's wig reminded me of the wig that Hallie wore and uh, Baps. Just <laughs> you know a what? different shade. <laughs> <laughs> I want to fight you, but you're not wrong. <laughs> I was like, where wrong. have I seen this wig before? I was like, oh, <laughs> that's the way I've seen it. I was like, okay, way to save on the budget, I guess. <laughs> But um, what were your thoughts, uh, Sterling, about the uh, the casting? I uh, I don't think I've had any objections to it, really. Uh, I mean, at the time when it came out, because I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. I wasn't really into thinking of like uh, dream casting as, as something is right. You know, we mm-hmm. do now, and I would just took it as it was. And even when I eventually did see it, because I sadly didn't go see it in theaters i waited till it was on rental because that's just what we did back then and i i'm surprised that my feelings are still about the same now as they were the first time which i was excited but i was underwhelmed overall but i didn't want to say it then but i'm fine saying it now because we have so much better quality superhero movies out there even though that kind of set the bar but it's since been exceeded um Casting wise, I, I even looked at it critically that way this time around. I'm like, you know what? Everyone did a pretty good job. As much as I hate Cyclops as a character, uh, James Marsden did a good job bringing that dickishness to life. And um, I thought the chemistry, or rather the animosity between Cyclops and Wolverine, really played well. Like, these are my favorite scenes. So, those are my good words to say about the movie. And some of the best shots were the villain shots whenever, like, they maybe appeared, like, Magneto flying up to uh, the Statue of Liberty um, with the fireworks behind him. It's like, ooh, that was a great shot. Or uh, uh, Mystique. I actually like this Mystique better than um, Jennifer Lawrence. So that was another one I really kind of liked much better, even her voice being all weird. And she just had a more sexiness to her. I'm like, I'm, yes, this is this is my Mystique. I'll take this one. I'll keep this one. So overall, casting-wise, I liked it much better than I think what happened later in the future or current times i don't know That's yeah, how i don't i don't think i have found anybody who likes a jennifer lawrence mystique over or rebecca romaine stamos mm. and if you do then that's your business if that, <laughs> <laughs> that is your uh, uh bearance across so you know uh steph what about you um i think it's pretty much the same as everyone else um as far as the casting was concerned, I mean, at how old was I, like 11 or 12, dream casting was just not something that really crossed my mind like that. Although I will say that thanks to um, a friend, like I was like, yeah, Angela Bassett should have been Storm. So that was the only thing where I was just kind of like, yeah, I wish that was different. Um, but I mean, at the same time, like it's Holly, I love Babs, like, Babs was my go-to movie when I was little so um that was like my frame of reference for her so that's why I was kind of okay at the time with the casting because you know I knew of colorism but not in the way that I know of it now that makes sense um so Mm -hmm. it was just kind of a a one-off for me um yeah I don't really have any complaints about I mean Anna Pack went to an extent because my idea of who Rogue was, thanks to the animated series and some of the comics that I had read it up up until that time, was totally different mm. from that Rogue. Um, if anything, I think that Rogue was uh, 
X-Men Evolution just after this, right? Yeah, X-Men mm-hmm. Evolution. I think it premiered maybe 2002, 2003-ish, something okay. like that. So in retrospect, I understand why that, that iteration of Rogue that we got, I feel like was inspired in some way by the Rogue that we got in the movies, if that makes sense. So... Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, and I feel like if my frame of reference for Rogue would have been just X Men Evolution, I would have saw this movie afterwards, and I would have been fine with her. But I was like, I don't know what this Rogue is. Um, <laughs> Mystique, out of all of them, uh, Rebecca Remain as Mystique, I thought was perfect mm-hmm. um, because Mystique had always been like for me, like this character that was you didn't really know too much about her mm-hmm. um, if you didn't really you know, you didn't read some of the older X-Men issues or whatever before Rogue joined the team. So I was like, yeah, this is my mystique. Same thing with Xavier and Magneto, um, the casting there. So casting-wise, fine. Overall movie, I thought it was boring then. (laughs) It's still boring now. The only thing that kind of saved it for me when I saw it the first time was the fact that I was able to be like, oh, wait. Yeah, I know that this type of tension happens between Scott, Jean, and Wolverine, um, and I think that's the only thing. Or like this, or like this, um, this relationship between uh, Charles and Magneto. Yeah, like this is familiar from the comics. I know this, but everything else, I'm like, I don't know what the hell is going on. Even like Sabretooth and Wolverine not really knowing each other, like that being their first time interacting was weird to me because I'm like, aren't they? Right, don't y'all know each other? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, But compared to what we have now is bottom of the dog on barrel. Right, right. I was expecting more fight scenes, more battles, more just, you know, use of special effects because that's what the cartoons gave us. Just, you Mm -hmm. know, constant eye blasts all over the place and just, you know, just fighting all the time. I mean, Granted, yeah, I need some story in there too, but I, I was yeah underwhelmed, a little bored, and that that's the thing that remained consistent from the first time I saw it to now. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I, I think I remember saying even then that X two was better than this one, the first oh, yeah. one. Yeah, I, I yeah. enjoyed that one much more. So the wigs were better. Uh, <laughs> I will say that much. Oh, that Femke had that feather tease, that kind of uh, Calista okay. Flockhart type. Yeah. thing but a modern take on it or something that was that early 2000 look a lot of the, the white girls was doing that that look even some of the black girls go and i think of but two kelly Rowland had that too yeah, had that look. i think mary j blige had it too <laughs> yep she sure did <laughs> until uh, mary <laughs> and then i think of the josie and the uh josie and the pussycats movie and yeah yeah that was, that was the look. that wig is in the same cinematic universe <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't mess up a good thing now. Shoot. Right. <laughs> Put that wig in the car and just bust it to another studio. Yeah. <laughs> it is, I, when I look back at that movie, like y'all, I were I was underwhelmed. I was kind of sad when I was at the theater because I remember going to the theater and seeing it. Um, I was in Buffalo. I was visiting Buffalo to my mom and my family moved to Buffalo, New York, and I was there for the summer. And I went to see it. Everybody was excited, but it was just sitting there. I was just critiquing it because, again, I was reading the comics years beforehand. And I just remember feeling like this wouldn't happen, that wouldn't happen. 
Mystique was the only thing that really felt real to me, just because of the fact she had that look, she had that, that something about her that was like deadly. You knew she was something deadly, and that's how the comics I've you know put her out there to be is very deadly. Very, you could not trust her. That was that she gave you that, and you couldn't trust her at the end of the day, unless it was something to do with Rogue or Dynasty, Destiny. That's the only people she only cared about. Everybody else she could give two craps about. But what I remember the most that stuck out to me or why I began to just did not like the movie was when Sabretooth grabbed Storm by the neck. And I was thinking that would not happen. <laughs> just because she would have saw him coming and would have just did what she had to do right then and there. The fact that he had her up against the wall and then she brought the lightning down. I was like, that's not the Storm I know. But not only that, it was Jean. Jean was, I know y'all teased Jean about, especially in the cartoon, she was just the weakest one or just fainting every five minutes. But it just hurt my feelings to see like the best thing that she did was those little, um, little those little plates when she was making those little plates fly and that, and that oh, little- Oh, the, uh, the little Mario coins. Yeah, I was like, well, she was good at doing that when Scott was shooting those little pieces or whatever he was doing. <laughs> I was like, that's she did. She stopped Toad and she did that. And that's all I remember that she was really good at. And I was like, this is not the gene that I know. She, she was like, real good with uh, filling up Wolverine, too. Like, in my mm-hmm. rewatch, um, they really laid it on thick. Yeah. That, um, you know, she was feeling, you know, like really enamored with Wolverine in a way that was like way past patient uh, doctor. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> like she's filling him up from the moment that he is on her table that first time when he's knocked out to the second time it happens. And it's just kind of like, he just right. arrived, girl. Like, you know like, Scott <laughs> all this time. You was real happy to get some dick around here, huh? I was like, <laughs> damn. But that scene uh, you were talking about, about uh, Sabretooth and Storm, A, she didn't see him coming in the glass. And B, my mom always called racism. She's like, oh, why does the black woman have to scream for the white man? I was like, okay, well, that's marching on sale, my mom. Like, <laughs> like, oh, gosh. It was, yeah, I didn't like that scene at all. And Storm kind of like how she, I, this was in later uh, movies, how she kind of looked, I don't know, deranged when her eyes turned white. <sighs> okay. If yeah, if, if if you love it, if you like it, then I love it. Like I, I blame the times, you know how special effects were at that point. But I was also upset to see that she had the cape. I was like, how are you gonna have a cape and not fly or wherever she did like that little glide she did up? I'm like, that's not enough. This glide, right. not worth a cape. No, but I was really upset that how are you gonna have this cape and you're not, you're not flying, you're not flying. And I'm gonna you go, go ahead. Oh, well, I, I'm gonna go ahead and just get it out there because um, it's the cringe-worthy moment that I'm sure we're all thinking about. Um, what happens to a toad when it gets struck by lightning? Um, oh, the same thing as everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, okay. And I, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna claim it because it is something. She would have said, I guess it it's, is. It, it's a delivery, 
But if <sighs> I guess just reading her sometimes, like I think what a lot of people were like who are familiar with her were familiar with her doing her spells in the cartoon. When she'd be like, by the dawn of the dangers, I freeze you. you know? We're not going to do that to Miss Girl. She has said stuff like that kind of in stuff in, in, in the comics. And so I was like, I'm going to let that go. But the fact that Toad was, was kicking tail between her and Jeannie, and I was like, Okay, y'all really that's that's the part that was unbelievable. And I hate to be the one to like side with Victor. Unfortunately, it is something Storm would say. <laughs> and uh, the only reason why I'm backing this up is because I'm currently writing something about Storm and her dad jokes because I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> the better storm has been written um by Chris uh Chris Claremont a lot of the times and he is an old white guy. Mm-hmm. and he loves himself a dad joke and every now and again it creeps up and comes out um in storm and like that line that she gives is very dad joke-ish even though there is absolutely no punchline except for the fact that the lightning actually strikes yeah. them it's the delivery um and even still count. and even still with the delivery given like how weak the perform not yeah how weak the performance was because holly didn't really have nothing to do it was going. It was just going to fall flat either way. Mm-hmm. And, and this is me problem. saying this. Yeah. yeah, and twenty years later, I'm ready to admit that. Yeah, she would have said that. <laughs> <laughs> it was still terrible. I just hated it. I'm like, oh, oh here yeah. It comes. Oh, I'm not ready. So yeah. Right. That whole accent that she was trying to do. Oof. It was like it reminded me of Miss Cleo. And um, Patty LaHale doing Rihanna's voice from Got to Be Real. <laughs> if they had like a baby, and then it, it was just so odd. That's it was perfect. It was very odd. I was like, oh, it's like she know Voodoo Queen now? Like, what? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick up on that until this this time when I watched it. You know, most recently, I was like, is she trying to do an accent here? And I'm like, um, I'll just forget. Because she didn't have enough lines for me to actually really Wait. Up. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And you notice how in, like, later movies, she just like, okay, fuck it. I'm not doing this shit. Right. <laughs> you just right. <laughs> yeah, like how Scarlet Witch, if y'all remember um, looking at um, mm-hmm. what that, the second Avengers, she had accent. And after that, she was just not even. She's full on American. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Oh, poor Storm. Yeah, she, that, she tried to have that accent, and it reminded me of Kendra, the vampire slayer, when she was introduced, because um, I forgot her name, but she was trying to do that accent so bad. I was like, what is up with ac- Black folks in these accents? But I'm like, <laughs> y'all leave them alone. Just leave it alone. I'm like, if you're, if you're already getting a different version of Jean Grey as a doctor, then we can get a storm that, I don't know, just lost her accent the longer that she was in America. Right. Let's just go with that. So let's, um, let's go to uh, some of our favorite scenes. Uh, I know we talked about one of our least favorite scenes uh, as far as the storm delivery of that that Oscar winning uh, line. Um, are there any scenes that you all enjoyed? Yes. So let me set it up. 
and explain why. <laughs> um, it's the first, and actually, it's not a scene. It's more a collection of scenes uh, from beginning uh, where we meet Magneto, um, and he is as something that looks kind of like a ostrich or whatever. Um, okay. Yeah, and that whole the Holocaust and all that is going on, and he crumples everything and they knock him out. That. We'll skip over all of Rogue. Let's skip over that. Let's act like that scene, all that doesn't happen. Let's go directly to, uh, what is it, the some type of UN meeting, or not UN, but like Congress Senate. type meeting, yeah, Senate type of thing. And like Jean Grey is standing before them and, you know, pretty much pleading the case for mutants to be, you know, accepted or whatever. And uh, Senator Kelly gets up and he goes on this whole diatribe of why mutants are dangerous and so on and so forth. And Xavier's there, Magneto's there. So after all of that, we just saw how humans treated, (laughs) other Germans that treated um, Jewish folks and not even knowing that Magneto was a mutant. Um, And humanity has already shown itself in the first two, three minutes of the film that just vengeful, hateful, and unforgiving. And what was the the separation in that? Maybe 60 years or something like that? So then to have the scene where Magneto and Xavier talk and, you know, Xavier's like, I'm looking for hope and Magneto's like, they can't change. I just thought like that whole sequence, I just love that because it really sets it up for like, this is what the X-Men are. This is what's going on. And also, in case you didn't know, this is why Xavier is actually pretty terrible. And while Magneto is, makes some valid points, um, he's not all the way right either because he also harms mutants in his quest to uh, dominate humanity. So I, that whole, I think that's some of the best and the strongest storytelling that kind of goes on in those first 15 minutes or so of the movie. And that's about where it ends for me. <laughs> I think for me, the one of my favorite scenes is when uh, Wolverine is getting his ass kicked by oh, the Oh, yes, Steve. yes, yes. Um, other than that, the majority of the movie, I'm like, so what am I going to eat for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> now that um, kick, that transformation, uh, that, yeah. that, now that, that's the yes. scene right there. And when That's, she's walking, yeah. she's up and walking back. Um, up the pipe, yeah. Yeah, up the pipe. Yeah. I'm like, oh, she a bad bitch. And I love how they did Mystique, that kind of um, nude, well, she's basically naked with a couple of pasties on. And I was like, Rebecca, go. Um, I like. I think that she said, like, it maybe took four hours to get in, four or five hours to get in, and then another three hours to get out each day so I'm like that that is dedication and I think Mystique was one of the if not the best part of the movie for me I would agree I think pretty much her scenes especially the fight scene with Wolverine um, uh, just anytime she's on screen because you just kind of can't help because those eyes just they they hit different that's Mm -hmm. for sure um and she's definitely true to her character throughout any medium that you've seen her in. Um, just mysterious and, you know, mystique. So <laughs> I definitely love that. Uh, I think one of the scenes that had always stuck with me was Magneto uh, 
kind of having a standoff with the police and like flipping their cars and like changing, taking their guns and aiming it back at them and even shooting one of them at one of them, just holding the bullet as uh, Magneto and Xavier have kind of their own kind of standoff. That mm-hmm. one's always kind of stuck with me too, just as a, as a way of just showing their powers and, you know, in a subtle kind of, but not too subtle sense. So that, that kind of always stuck with me too, but it's really between those two scenes. I'm sitting here trying to think of any additional ones. I'm like, mm, no. And the scenes I'm thinking of are from other movies. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did that guy that Magneto had the bullet on his forehead, he sounded like he was taking the massive shit of his entire life. I was like, why is he squeezing so much like that? I'm like, just get some peptate or something. Clean it right on out. I will say that my, it was an okay scene, but it stuck with me was when they, when the X-Men were coming for Wolverine and he was fighting Sabretooth. And it was just that moment when you saw the snow really kind of change and kind of fly. And that was, Storm's introduction, and I was like, okay, I was excited for that, but the way she stood, she had that look at that point. I didn't like that she pulled her hair back just to put the thing in, the Bluetooth in, but I like that she was standing right there. I was like, okay, we got, we got, we got some storm, we got some wind, we got some snow, we got those looks, and then it was kind of neat to see those two, to see Cyclops and, and Storm, because again, you look at them as the co-leaders, of the group, so that's why I'm like, okay, that that was a great intro to them, and I think, um, yeah, like Sterling will say, a lot of it came from other movies, but I think it was something where we saw a little bit of Rogue doing what she normally, when she touches you, what that looks like. It was nice to see what that looks like when she does touches you. So that was kind of a like, okay, now I see that, I see that, because I know it took me years, to un- not years, but for me to understand what telekinesis was, I had to watch Carrie. It, it, like, I had to rent Carrie a long time ago when I was reading what Gene was doing to be like, oh, that's what it looks like. So yeah, I will say those were the only two scenes that I liked and everything else was just there. I just remember that Beast is not in this movie. He, yeah. there is a, is a cameo when um, when Wolverine is finished fighting, there's a uh, some kind of news report going on, and there's a guy that is Dr. Henry McCoy on the TV. Oh, ah. I remember that. Okay, yeah, I remember that. See, yeah. and I just watched this movie back to back whole times, and I still <laughs> did not catch that. And also, I'm just reading this here: the guy who does Beast's voice in an animated series is the truck driver who dropped off Rogue at the bar when which where Wolverine fought. Fascinating. Oh, okay, yeah. Nice little tidbit. Right. And since we're on cameos, did you all see uh Stan Lee's cameo on the yes. the, the beach? Which <laughs> my sister, my younger sister, is such a comedian. Um once Senator Keller once Senator Kelly is coming out of the water, she swears by this that somebody says, Oh my God, is that a nigger? When he's coming out of the water, and now I cannot hear anything but that. And I'm like, <laughs> It's just like the randomness of lines now that it's forever embedded in X Men. 
I really don't want to like, watch this movie again. But, like, <laughs> like, oh my God, is that a nigga? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, damn you, Jenny. Like, can't I mean, have nothing yeah. nice. Can't have nothing nice. I may just have to go just for that scene, just so I could hear it for myself. Yeah, I'm about to look at that again. <laughs> heard stomach hurts. Version of <laughs> I know there's a movie called Masquerade with Rob Lowe, and that was the first time I ever heard of a boat nigger. And I was like, "What's a boat nigger?" But he called Rob Lowe. He kept calling Rob Lowe a boat nigger. I was like, "How do you gonna call Rob a white, greatest mm. of white, a boat nigger?" But that's a whole other thing. But that just brought that up for me when you just said. Yeah, it was just so odd, and just to this day, she still swears by it. Twenty years later, <laughs> I mean, it spices the movie up, so I'm not mad at it. Right. <laughs> in that same scene, and this is more than just nitpicking, but I was just bothered by, I guess, what is it, that hot dog vendor guy who had like um, the TV on his little vendor thing. Um, I mean, yeah, again, it's just nitpicking. And no, I mean, this like, is mm-hmm. this is 2000, so it's not like you know a little tiny like light it's like one of those big heavy little tvs you probably have to carry and like it just seemed like a bit much but i understand why it was there to help move the plot around along but still um i i don't know that just bothered me that that was there and it happened to be watching the news like if i'm gonna bring my little tv to my little hot dog stand i'll probably be watching the game or something i'm not even right person but no i'm gonna watch cnn debates so yeah on this hot day at the beach I'm going to go watch Crossfire. <laughs> exactly. What a lame. But you know, just, just a little nitpicking. That's that's all. Just little little things I noticed. Um, there's one other thing because since I was watching it with other people in the room, which is kind of why I had to watch it more than once because missed a whole section. I'm like, oh, we have to watch the whole movie again. Okay. Um, there was uh, um, Jean Grey. And that just really annoyed everyone in the room. It's just like this little little thing that he does. It yeah, it was just an- annoying, and I just needed to bring light to that little motion. So yeah, uh, did you all catch the the Kitty Ann and the um, the Jubilee uh, cameos? Yes, for the first time. <laughs> for the first doggone time I caught it and I was like wow <laughs> so the what was it the one was like a uh, Senator Kelly was like yeah there's a girl in Illinois who walked through walls um, mm-hmm. and then for the Jubilee one is when Rogue is sitting in a classroom and the girl next yeah. to her is wearing basically looks like is in Jubilee cross black yeah. Right. I'm Either glad season. I didn't catch that back then because that would have upset me because I love me some Jubilee and I would have been like, okay, so y'all oh, tease for being in this. Don't watch Generation X then. Oh, no. Oh, God. That was a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Had a white I've gone back. Play Jubilee. So, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> now, unfortunately, yeah. And I'm like, are y'all, is it crack? Right. I'm like, come on now. An Asian person, and you well, you know, they've done it before. So, um, let's see, what else can we talk about about this movie? Uh, well, do y'all think it was enough action scenes, or just 
not enough that really gave you a, a, a good glimpse of the of who the X-Men really were? Um, not enough to give us a full glimpse of who the X-Men were. I mean, are as far as like them working together um, and kind of combining their powers or just standalone stuff. Yeah, it just wasn't enough. Yeah, very West Wingish. Yeah. Not enough. I, I I wanted more, you know, special effects just to see their powers in action, and uh, I, I didn't get that from this film. But yeah, I think that's why I like X three. Unfortunately, X three. Yeah, yes. unfortunately, because yeah. there's just so much going on. Yeah. I Ooh. know. Don't judge me. I know Ooh. it's a it's a <laughs> It's like <laughs> we're starting to do an intervention <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> Steph, Steph, I'm with you. I'm with you, yeah. but you, yeah, to a degree, because that. I mean, not like favorite, as in I'm, you know, going to bat for it. But I mean, <laughs> if I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna watch the trilogy. I'm probably going to pop that one in just because it's just so much. It's just so terrible that. Yeah. This is coming from the same person who would argue that I that, that Spider-Man Three isn't as bad as it is. Always oh, bad, but it would have worked best as a Broadway musical. Like if they just would have been like, hey, we're going to do this third movie, but y'all got to go get some tickets and see it on Broadway because it works best that way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wasn't Kristen singing in that one? Yes, she's singing oh. in it. And like, yeah, that's what I'm just And not because she's singing in it, but because it's giving, it's giving Broadway tease just a little bit because it's just so overdramatic and... Everybody, I don't, I can't tell if people are in the 50s or are they in the 2000s in that movie. It's like a really haunting blend of the two. You know, now that you mention it, especially that scene where uh, Toby is like walking down the street, like he fucking Fred Astaire or like, what are you, who are you trying to do? This is not American in Paris. It's It's some method to my madness. Okay, well, shit. Now I see it. Now I gotta watch that movie again. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. You're very welcome. If you look back at um, three, you got you got to see how the Phoenix power worked, but you also got to see Storm fly or do that that Wonder Woman turn. <laughs> um, oh, that, that was terrible. In that in that special wig, which I didn't mind that wig, but um, it was just funny just to see her do a lot more than what she normally would have done. Right. Um, and then they introduced all these other mutants because they had Psylocke and um, Callisto and the other. Well, they had the Morlocks in it. So it was which, interesting that Psylocke was in that group. Um, but it was just kind of funny right. to look back and see how they did a lot more in that movie. Wasted Angel, though, because they had no point even put Angel in that movie. But it was very interesting. So, yeah, thinking about what was happening in the first movie, I wish there was more action. I wish we would have because I, I thought that that was how Rogue was going to be able to start flying and get her super strength was because of that machine. Yeah, right. And I was thinking, okay, that okay, if, they, if they're going to introduce it that way, I'll run with it. But they didn't really do anything with that. Um, I only gave her a uh, hair treatment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel like that if they would have given us just a little bit more action, I think it probably would have been a little bit better or really put some more in, in the fight scenes because it was just kind of uneven. You think about Toad being 
someone who can do all these great things. I'm like, it's Toad though. And then that was it. I mean, everybody else was perfect, but Toad kind of threw me off when it came to the fight scenes. So yeah. yeah he kicking everybody's ass. Yeah. It just right. don't make no sense. Right. You kicking everybody's ass though? I'm like, okay. Because he was considered the joke of the Brotherhood in the comic. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And even in the cartoon, he's just a slimy little character that really didn't get much respect from anyone that mm-hmm. I can remember. So. Yeah, his whole stick in the comics was like, no one likes me, nobody cares, because he was always just kind of the joke. And the only person he really cared about was Wanda when she was a member of that. So, yeah, it's interesting to see how they beat him up. For some god reason. And I, I like how... Uh, Ray Park was that actor that played uh, Toad, and didn't he? He played Darth Maul. Yeah, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that show when he's, he he uh, spun his little um, the thing that kept the do- elevator doors open. I'm like, all oh, right, yes, you played Darth Maul because you can you <laughs> right. stuff like that. So. <laughs> that's about that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can keep everything else. Your little dances, your just corniness, um, but. But I don't know. It was. It was. It was I'm, I'm with you guys. It's weird that he was a better villain or fighter in that in that sense because he like, shouldn't I, have been shouldn't be able to beat Storm. That you know, or any of them. Not like that, right? Right. Yeah, no. She's just falling over everything. I'm like, okay, bro. Is it? it, it is it dizziness? Is it what? What's going on here? Is it the heels? And mm. speaking of heels, did y'all catch that? Uh, the first scene. Well, the scene with uh, Jean and Wolverine, like the first time, did y'all catch her shoes? Oh, yeah. Because she was wearing the My First Heel, these patty melts. They were just, uh, oh my God, the itty bitty heels. And I'm like, okay, she didn't have to come out with these uh, Revan Deacon ass heels. Because they were just, and I know it's one of those things that I should not be focused on, but that just threw me off. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's fair though, because I mean, for the most part, the X-Men have always given you fashion. Mm. Right. So, uh, especially those 80, well, now 80s and um, early 90s, like fashion has always been there. So, you know, you're just in that. Yeah. Yeah. You look back at, yeah, you look at Storm's outfits. Even Jean's, even Jean has some good outfits mm-hmm. in those days. I mean, they were really neat. Rogue has some interesting outfits, too. I, I'm still a fan of um, the punk rock hair Rogue because that was a moment where she had oh, like, yes. a swimsuit and a black suit. Basically, it was a, a bodysuit and a swimsuit over it. But it was that look. I was like, I'm always Team Rogue from the 80s. The Australian days, I will say that. That's when I was in Australia. <laughs> Now, and also, would, when the movie is boring, you tend to just notice other things yeah, going on. In the that's anyway, true. So, yeah. I remember being younger, watching the animated series, thinking Jean Grey was out here butt-ass naked, like, with just her titties hanging out and side boob everywhere. I'm like, she's really trying to turn the party <laughs> with this outfit. She was trying to, she was trying to get, into, uh, get into her Emma Frost. but I guess she was. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know how Victor uh, feels about Emma. I <laughs> I love me some Emma now. Like I've I've come around. I am pro Emma Frost for all the right and wrong reasons. I 
I don't hate Emma Frost. I just hated when they try to make, I was fine with her being a good person when she was the headmistress of the, of kind of, of Generation X, when she was working. Mm -hmm. I was fine with that because she lost her students and I understood that. I think I just never liked the whole thing of her and Scott being a couple. That was my thing. Cause I was like, eh, I'm not really into that and that whole psychic affair, but that's my only beef for her. And then, you know, how she treated Storm over the years. When they first met, then that whole body switching situation. Child, you know how many times I had to read that comic to understand <laughs> that's really what happened? Cause I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Um. But then when I really realized what had happened, I'm like, now wait, now wait a hot damn minute. Now I know y'all know this would not fly today, but I'm gonna let it go. But also what? Why? <laughs> of all the, I mean, and I get why because they, you know, Brotherhood was trying to get Kitty or whatever. But also, just I'm not Brotherhood, but um, Hellfire, 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 Hellfire Club was trying to get to Kitty, but also just no, <laughs> just no. Yeah. And what was so big about Kitty? I, I guess what I'm thinking about going back those days. I'm like she. I get that she had that ability to go through walls and everything else, but I was like, all of that work just to get her? There's other people y'all can get. I mean, I'm thinking of, you had magic at that one point. That should have been like somebody you should go after and get, because that can give you everything you want. Even um, Danny, Mirage had very good powers. And Karma, if you, and all the young ones, I don't see where they was so into Kitty like that, but who am I? Um, but yeah. <laughs> And as we're talking about it, maybe for that first X-Men film, because Rogue kind of took that Kitty Pride place. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm just kind of like, I'm just not here for, like, just make it Kitty and then, like, have Rogue already be there. And then there could be some tension already between Rogue and Mystique mm -hmm. that you all don't really have to explain just yet, but at least we got Rogue with powers. I mean, mm -hmm. well with the powers that we're used to familiar with, with the strength and being able to fly and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like the idea that maybe Rogue was already a, a member and, you know, have some tension there because it would have been nice to have a little more, a little bit sassier Rogue, you know, in the group versus what we end up getting. Right. Because yeah, he was not giving me any kind of Southern charm whatsoever. Mm-mm. Was there any kind of hint whatsoever that that's what or who Magneto was looking for, like since Rogue was introduced? Because that was something I guess I started to get an idea of at the second time around, because all that time I thought there, that Magneto was after Wolverine. I'm like, oh, this is some plot point that I probably missed. So I tried looking for that the second time I watched it, but. I, I never found it. it. No. Hmm. Okay, so it wasn't just me. Yeah, I, I just it. think I they forgot it. it. <laughs> I think they forgot to write that in, to be quite honest. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because, I mean, all that starts when Sabretooth shows up, so I guess maybe he was tracking her. Is that one of the connections I have to make as a viewer? But I would never have thought of that unless I watched it back-to-back -back like I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, so. Yeah, that was another in a long a laundry list of things wrong with this film. And then how are her powers supposed to be the powers that they would use to transmute everyone else? 
that's another good point. That so if Magneto is using this machine to, and he was, what the fuck was he using that machine for? <laughs> basically, he was he was like he's basically mutating regular human cells, mm-hmm. and the reason why I didn't take for Gene Kelly because like his DNA just could not handle it, so he just. You turn into a blob of water or whatever but i didn't i never understood the because like an x3 sorry to bring this up again but the way that the cure is gone about like that makes sense for that mutant's powers why that would because that mutant literally touched you your powers go away for mm-hmm. rogue her power her, she transfers i mean she takes your powers from you or your life force from you so i was confused as to like using her in that way how that would mutate someone like is the reverse of what her like what her cells does i I think that uh magneto was going to use rogue so she could use his powers to use the machine and he was going to use her as a sacrifice to infect everybody else with this radiation whatever and she was going to die off okay that kind of makes sense nick I think <laughs> well, that, that's that's how I felt about it too. Like he was that that's basically what you said, Nick. That she would be taking his place and making the machine work and do the transformation thing. I was like, does she even know how to use magnetism powers, or you know? Mm-hmm. But whatever. So also, even with this, yeah. How for magnet? Like how would this also? This doesn't even fall, seem like it falls in line with something that Magneto would do. Like I get that he is this grandstanding stunt queen right and he loves to do the absolute most but even even with that being the 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 end game like that still didn't make sense for magneto like i just thought his method would have been something else yeah like that just felt too i don't know like it just it just didn't feel like magneto's thing like just have him break into like i don't know get all the nukes and like point them yeah, and cities, you know, because he did that in the comics. So, like, just make it mm-hmm. that. Yeah, if I felt like he had like a throwaway plan from from Mister Sinister, like that's something that <laughs> yes, yes, was like because I feel like if you're gonna do something with science, you probably want to use a different villain. Because I was like, Magneto's never been, com- well, he's he's good with science to a degree. I think about Asteroid M and some of the things he was doing there. But he always had help with that. So that's why mm-hmm. I was sitting there going, this really doesn't make any sense. Because, um, yeah, as Seth was saying, he normally does, like, I have nukes turned at L.A. If you don't give me this, I'm going to shoot them all in L.A. today. Or something like, you know, what they did in Independence Day. That's, that's kind of his thing. He would be like, I'm going to destroy the major cities. So yeah. I do this. But, yeah, this plan was... Mm-mm. That's a side note, um, and I know you said Independence Day, and how the fuck did those aliens know? Oh, we're just going to go to the uh, the major metropolitan areas of all the uh, United States and the world. Like y'all got atlases. Where y'all from? Yeah, they yeah they studied us. Uh, that's how I look at it. <laughs> they <laughs> like, they was like, this is this is where they be kicking it. So this right. is what we gonna strike. <laughs> <laughs> These are the most photographed places. Anytime they say you, you see New York, you see this building. So but let's, you know, aim there. So, all right. Like I they guess. went to Alta Vista or asked Jeeves back in the day. <laughs> like, okay. It's just hey, so Jeeves. petty. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so petty. 
I mean, I saw a whole breakdown for that movie where um, they're wondering how um, their their systems are compatible with ours. Like we can just throw in a thumb drive and it just upload our virus to their systems. Like, oh yeah, it's it's all universal. It all works together. I mean, great. everybody has an e-machine, I guess, back in yes. those days. <laughs> you know, this is how boring X-Men is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about... <laughs> I mean, not X Men, but this movie. Let me say that X Men are never born, but this movie, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's that is not a false statement. Because um, I so badly just want to talk about Nightcrawler scene in X Two, because that's like one of my favorite scenes. Like I, that, that was one a of really the best. Good scene. It yeah. still holds up too. I would say that scene and um, the a couple of the scenes and days. Uh, a future past when we are introduced to some of the uh, other mutants like a uh, blink and whatnot uh, when they're trying to get away from the sentinels that are too fucking overpowered and I'm like okay so these bitches they just <laughs> never don't die yeah <sighs> and that, that was supposedly what the new sentinels were but if we're going to mention X2 I, I, I can't remember being in a theater at, at the, the part when Jean was holding back the water that was very dramatic, but I guess it was that moment when she starts to flame up a little bit. I just remember how everybody jumped up and down and started screaming, and I was one of those people who was screaming, but I just remember how my friend who never knew anything about the X-Men was like, what's the point? What's she gonna do? I was like, you don't understand. This is when she is about to be Phoenix, but it was just kind of neat to, I remember that was the only scene for me that just kind of will forever stay with me. It's just that moment when she is trying to hold back the water and then she begins to transform. I yeah. couldn't Storm do that, though. Actually, Storm could have done that. Storm could have actually... Uh, that, sac- that self-sacrifice was so yeah. not she needed. She looked at Jean in, that, in the plane and said, well, girl, <laughs> this is for drinking. The last bit of my orange bitch. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh, my God. You're, you're right, though, because it all... Cause, Storm could have froze the water, or she could have lifted the plane up in the air. She could have been like, she, but then again, remember she was the one when they were fighting in the sky, brought up these two random tornadoes that didn't last like for two seconds, and then they still got shot down. I'm like, okay, so. yeah, that scene was good. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but it was like, okay, so Storm, you can't do. That's it. Just two two uh, twisters. Why don't I just get call Bill Paxton over here so we can outrun these <laughs> and get our uh, St. John's Bay belts and tie them to a random ass uh, pipe so we can survive these <laughs> F5s? Like, don't get me started on that movie. <laughs> I don't have any Twister. I need to watch it. I have never oh, seen Oh, you absolutely I'm, need to watch it. I'm mad it's about how it, 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 how much of an impact that movie had on my life. That you know, that I always think about, you know, exactly what Nick described. Just to have, make sure you know you have a belt to tie to a pipe somewhere, and you try to find a shack that has it. And, you know, you're good. You can survive a tornado that way. And and, and don't. You, yeah. And if you need to restore your marriage, um, <laughs> a tornado, marriage counselor. I'm gonna bring my new bitch to work with my old bitch. But I'm gonna leave you for my old bitch because she's more she's smarter than you, and I just brought you along to like what is this like a uh, take your wife to work 
outlet or a she scenario. She can stay like, at the hotel. And then to get left after you've been running for your life all day. <laughs> that movie was something else. I was like, <laughs> Hollywood tried to dog shit in that one. Oh my God, the 90s was something else. Yes, Hollywood was the was the peak white male writing out their problems in these movies, basically. That was their problems. I was cheating on my wife at the time, so I wrote oh. it. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, let's call it fame fame. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, looking back at that X-Men movie, it was, it, I know, at the, it, I guess we had such high hopes that it was kind of hard to accept the disappointment of it. Um, and again, we didn't really have a lot of trailers or the internet as big as it is now. So I, you know, we took right. all that stuff for granted. Whatever little piece you can get, we were all excited for. But you know, if they looking now at what you know what will happen when they redo this or reintroduce them in the Marvel world, or move, um, cinematic universe, I wonder who they're going to pick and who they're going to focus on, but also what that story is going to be and who's going to be a, the villain. So I'm, I'm looking at what we did, what they did 20 years ago, but I'm looking at what they're going to do for this introduction. And I mean, just X-Men and mutants in general and what they're supposed to stand for yeah. um, and how they're, how they're written. Like, no more is it okay for... It, I'm perfectly fine with them standing as an allegory for marginalized folk, folks. I have no problem with that. But I just really... And they're doing this in the newer books. Um, but just kind of exploring the fact that, hey, I'm a mutant, but I'm also, hey, Black. I'm also gay. I'm also all these other things, these other intersections. So, like, how does that impact within the mutant community, if that makes sense? Um, mm -hmm. And just Charles in general um, and what he stands for. Like, before when I would hear folks, and even myself when I was younger, thinking of Charles Xavier and um, Magneto as, like, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, Terrible. Please don't do that. Don't ever do that. And let me tell you why. Because saying that Charles Xavier is like Martin Luther King is a slap in the face to Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. um, just because of the way that Charles goes about all of his politics and just the way that he built that school and what it's founded on, which is just a lot of respectability politics um, in ways that harm, put, his, put his students in harm's way. Yeah. The children um, that he also cared about. Right. So um, just moving forward, what was done in 2000 isn't going to fly for a million reasons, but just thinking on the whole of like what it is to be a mutant, what they represent, and those who are like behind their voices, like what does that look like? Because I'm sorry, but white guys, white mutants, and just X Men in general, like I don't want it anymore. Go away. Yeah. Uh -huh. it's, it's also funny to think about when you talk about Xavier, he, I, like, like, what's been hard for me is to realize that he wasn't really a, the greatest person at all. Yeah. When he treated women, I think about Mora, but also Gabriella. Um, mm -hmm. His, I don't know if they were married, but even when, way back when they were younger, they, you know, they rescued her from the, from the Von Struckers, but it was the fact that they just kind of got in this liaison and then she has a kid and it's Legion, but yet they never really worked on that relationship or worked on the child's relationship with Davidson up here having like 6,000 personalities and yeah. all of that. And even when you think about the Legion quest, that particular comic, it was mostly a, 
reason why it just got out of control is because he was like, do you even love me, dad? And I'm just doing this for you so I can prove my love to you. So Xavier was, he was a jerk. He was a straight up jerk. Wow. That's Did cool. any of you watch uh, the Legion show those on FX? I tried. Yes. I watched one episode. I want to get back to it. Because yeah, the, la the last season is basically kind of what you just talked about because it dealt with a whole bunch of father issues. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's sprinkled all throughout the series, but it, yeah, you start to see it's like, oh, Charles is not a great person. <laughs> um, if you didn't know before, but it, it definitely is sprinkled in throughout. Um, I recommend it if you have time and yeah. the mental capacity to handle it. But yeah. I'm going to go back because I was trying to look at that and Preacher and those two shows were just doing the most at the time. <laughs> And then Agreed. Westwood. So what? Yeah, Westworld. So I was like, you know what? I I can only do this once every two weeks. <laughs> I thought that um, the, what was that move? That uh, show that was on Fox with the the mutants. What was that show? Oh, um, is it the gifted, gifted that one? Yeah, the gifted. The gifted. Yeah. That was, that was good. good. It was decent. I like how they introduced the uh, the sisters. Like that scene we had talked about it on uh yeah. on here. How they um killed all of those guys, that was, um, that was cool. And I like the whole, all of these mutants are different. Like there's no X-Men, yeah. um, which yeah. is, it speaks to, I like that sort of dystopian ass feeling, but I still don't like it centered around <sighs> these white kids and you know, oh, we have to be, we have to change these white kids because they hold the future, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I was like, how are you going to make the, Van, the, the Von Strucker kids likable? Because their father is a Nazi. They were very, pretty much racist. Um, I think about how they treat a storm in Africa. because They basically mm -hmm. shot her. One of them shot her. Um, yeah. Whole other story. Yep. But yeah, it's just really interesting to see how they did do that focus on those kids and white kids. And we could have had Storm's nephew running around in that, in that series. Oh, Missionary? That one no. or the other one. I think the I think she has oh I'm thinking of the there was that one The guy's son. Yeah. I forgot his name, but yeah. It's God's son, her nephew. And then I think when um there was one Avengers cartoon where they actually dealt with the kids. And it was one of the kids of Storm. It was Storm and Black Panther's kid. I can't oh. remember what that was, but I'll have to probably find it and post it. I was like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, please do. And speaking of Black Panther, please no, we Nick, do I'm not want <laughs> Janelle Monet as Storm. Like we don't want Storm in that movie. Period. Period. Right? We don't want like, them together. We don't want them. They can be cousins. They can't even be you know that. What? They can't even be acquaintances. <laughs> I don't want them near each other at all. And I hate these uh these niggas saying, "Oh, they got to do it for the culture. They got to do it for the culture." I'm like, "Nigga, shut up." It wasn't even done for the culture to begin with. Yeah, right. It like, was done. It was a marketing move. That's why they were together. A lazy just, move. A lazy one at like that. Also, you want to do something, a, make her a lesbian. Shit. Okay. But, or buy, uh, listen, something. I have my Yukio and Storm. Uh, where is that story? I'm waiting. I, it's, it's coming. It's in Living Heroes now. Now, if I can get somebody, uh, since Marwayne sent me no cease and desist yet, hopefully they read and they say, you know what? <laughs> this young lady was home to something. And they called me. <laughs> you know, we like, no. Oh, go 
<laughs> no, I was gonna say Monica Lynn is right there. Put Monica in the damn movie. She's right there. Mm-hmm. Monica, mm-hmm. she's right there. Put her in there, please. I am begging you. Yes, do that. Or if y'all want to bring in, well, she's already in one division. If you want to try to bring in the other Monica, if you want to bring in Spectrum in some weird way, I don't know, somebody else, but just not Storm. Just let's just right. leave that alone because that was a hard pill to swallow. Um, especially if you read uh, Marvel Team Up 100, because they actually discuss their relationship in the sense of they met when they were kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a moment of them like, we're going to be friends. Yes, I'm so glad to see you. I hope you're well. And that was it. They didn't do mm-hmm. all the other stuff. If anything, we, we've gone on this tangent, but if anything, it will, it will always be forged to me yeah. Ooh, you gonna like Living Heroes then. Because Forge to me is he was my crush and I'm still mad at him. Still mad at him for that one comic when he didn't give her a shot. No, actually I reread it and I, I do have to fault storm on that a little bit because Jean kinda brought it up that she probably didn't really love Forge as much as she thought she did. But whole other story. But yeah, I'm glad you're gonna bring Forge up because that's who it always will be for me. <laughs> Forge is looking mighty sexy in this comic. Again, I really hope somebody yes. at Marvel reads this and says, you know what, let's go ahead and give her the budget to bring mm-hmm. this um, yeah. legitimately yes, instead of bootleg uh, to life. I don't call it bootleg because <laughs> everybody's enjoying it. Just enjoying it. And I love um, what for it to look like I saw some of the drawings and I was like, okay. I said, put the, put the daddy status on him. Put the daddy status on him. It was giving me a little bit of Andrew from Insecure with the hair. And I was like, okay. You, you see the vision. <laughs> okay, so I'm, already, I'm already out here trying to get, trying to get me uh, uh, Andrew. And so, you know, it's just like when you see that, I'm just like, that's giving me Andrew vibes. <laughs> I love it. I really love it because that was the point of reference. Nice. Well, I got it, yes. Now, you had mentioned, Victor, uh, about introducing mutants into the MCU, and I think uh, since they have that, they've already hinted or explored, say that they're going to explore multi-universes, that the X-Men is somehow in another universe already there, so they don't have to mm-hmm. necessarily per se say, oh, well, here's the introduction of mutants. No, we were, they were always there. And I think that should be better than, you know, the latter. Um, and I think they should also sprinkle them in, like a mutant here or a no mutant here or there. So it just doesn't have all at once because if you have it all at once, then people get left, stories are dropped, stories are not explored or fleshed out more. I just now, since uh, the X Men property is under uh, Marvel again, that it will be better. And I trust um, Kevin's vision, whatever he does. Because I know, what were they on? Uh, phase four? Is this phase four now? Yes. I yeah. I already know that they're probably on phase six. Um, 
and they have to be as far as keeping all of this world together. I'm I, excited. Yeah. I'm to do with Dr. Strange, especially. Yeah. Um, and WandaVision. Yeah. Since I think WandaVision doesn't come out till at least next year. It was getting so me nervous, though. Yeah. I'm a little nervous. I, yeah, um, I'm not going to lie, you know, a little... I'm nervous shaky, because shaky. of Monica being in it. That's the only reason why I'm nervous because of that. Um, because of already what happened in Captain Marvel. So I'm just kind of yeah. like, is she going to be a secretary at S.H.I.E.L.D.? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, Brian. Because it's interesting when they when they have, they have Wanda, they have Monica, they have Doctor Strange. The villain is going to be Dracula. They kind of revealed that, that Dracula is going to be that. And I was talking about this online about how like you have to go back and look at some of the stories because there's been many times they have all crossed because mm-hmm. of Dracula um, and it will be interesting to see how that goes um, but I, I'm a little worried too because I, I really want them to use Monica the best way possible um, but jumping back to how the mutants may be introduced I feel like what they could, what they may do, because remember, we already kind of saw mutants through the Inhumans, because Inhumans were their mutants, and then they try to do that show. Oh, well, <laughs> we acknowledging that that show? Oh, it's, it's 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 considered canon in their universe. So, but with Thanos, <sighs> yeah, things could have changed. They could be the mutants now. It could have or re- renamed or. They can like almost erase it and say all oh, they was inhumans. They were mutants. I don't know. <laughs> that was just that was a rough draft. So yeah. Thanos, do you snap your fingers and do your step? <laughs> like they and, never came back after oh, the snap, right? They just that wig didn't come back either. So <laughs> that wig was a mess. Oh it snapped God. from my memory because I forget that that exists. So right, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good, and you're better for it. Uh, well, uh, okay. right <laughs> is there anything else that we could say about X-Men the movie the costumes are cute are they though <laughs> you know the leather uh, I liked know. it a little bit I like it a little bit I did, I did like now that I look back at it I was like oh the the arts were a dark time for fashion <laughs> <laughs> they were a truly dark time for fashion. Yeah, early 2000s were horrible for fashion. Oh, I my goodness. do like um, seeing the school um, and, you know, like how that actually would work as far as like school up top, training and all that other stuff down below. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. It also puts in the frame of mind like how rich Charles is or what connections he has. Yeah. I, don't, did they explain that in the newer the newer ones? I feel school like admissions. School, school admissions. Okay. School admissions. Well, yeah. and also um, it certainly has a, a social life insurance check. policy. Yeah, <laughs> life insurance policies. Because yeah, yeah. A, I know his SSI check ain't that big, <laughs> but I'll give it that. And Cerebro, like that was kind of that was kind of cool. I mean, just kind of see that brought to life. Yeah. Being hackable. Oh yeah, that's definitely better. Oh, for sure, certainly, without question. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, ooh, girl, that's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's enough. 
And I will say uh, one last thing that uh, Robert Kelly, or Robert Kelly, Robert Kelly was a poor man's version of Mitch McConnell. And that's terrible saying Mitch McConnell is a poor man version of Mitch McConnell. Oh. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Fucking turtle. But anyway, <laughs> I think that about ends it for our uh, review of 20 years of X-Men. Um, I'll give our guests uh, options to you know, plug anything that they're working on, whether you can find them on the internet. Uh, Steph, let's start with you. All right. Well, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Steph underscore underscore. Wow. <laughs> Steph <laughs> underscore I underscore Will. Um, I think right now my name is Imagine the X-Men Cupid's Shuffling with the Sentinels. Uh, so that should not be hard to find. Um, <laughs> I am uh, currently still uh, writing two web comics. One is Parenthood Activate, which is just kind of like, you know, my retellings of my day-to-day life with my four-year-old who I hope y'all didn't hear during the podcast, but might have because he was calling my name like tomorrow wasn't coming. Uh, and then also um, my other comic, uh, But What If Though, which is kind of like my mashup retelling of things that have never happened in the comics necessarily, but I would like them to. So um, you can find those on Webtoons under their names and also on Instagram under the same names. And most of my writing, I do it at uh, Fangirls, and you can find that in my link tree, which is in my bio in both my Instagram and my Twitter because I am doing a lot better about like condensing things so folks can find it because um, I got shit all over the place. Awesome, awesome. And Sterling, how about you? Uh, you can find me at all things at Indoob. That's I N D O O B. Uh, Indoob.com is the hub for everything, including the store, the Patreon, the podcast, which I do bi weekly. And Pretty much all of you have been on at least once. So um, hi again. But yeah, um, <laughs> definitely do check out the store because uh, since masks are the thing that you should be wearing at all times anytime you're out in public, uh, I do have a few of them for sale uh, and a whole bunch of like Black Lives Matter and just, you know, Black Empowerment masks that I'm very proud of and still waiting for T Public to send me, but that's not their fault. It's, you know, the times that we live in. So, uh, yeah, go check those out and the podcast as well. So if you just need an escape, that's what we're here for. So that's Great. It. Yes, absolutely. And you can find us on Twitter. We are at Megashine one Our personal accounts, I'm at IamNikkiP09. Victor's at WonderMan5. You can like, rate, subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, we're on Facebook at Megasheen, Instagram at Megasheen. Our website is potoftheshine.com. Um, let's see. I think that's about it. Um, if you've never seen X-Men, go check it out. Uh, keep your expectations low. <laughs> like On the ground. <laughs> yes, on the ground. Uh, other than that, now let's go ahead and get up on that here. All right.